Welcome back to the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast, the finest phototainment in the world. We are an irreverent look at photography. This podcast, like aspirin, will help you recover from your wedding hangover. And this week, this week, coming at you this very week, things are going to be a little bit different. First up, this episode is explicit. Um... (laughs) We're going to be dealing with some themes like um, drug use and um, some sex stuff uh, that we typically don't get into in our our normal episodes, or at least don't get into as hard as we do in this episode. So if you're listening with kids around, please, please turn it off. And uh, if you don't want to hear that kind of uh, that kind of dirty foul language, there's some cuss words, too, um, then go ahead and turn it off. That said, um, this week, Dustin and I don't have a new, new episode. Um, So what we're doing instead is we wanted to take some of our content from the Patreon, where we are typically a bit more crass, and uh, bring it out here to the light of day for all all of our listeners to experience. Um, so, So that everybody could get an idea of what the patreon content is more or less like um so yeah thanks for tuning in and i think you guys are gonna really really enjoy this first story or at least i hope you do i've been made fun of non-stop by almost all of my friends ever since uh, i shared this story with them so um yeah i guess enjoy and uh thanks for tuning in We'll see you guys uh, back with like a regular show next week as we dip our toes into season four of the Wedding Photo Hangover. That's right. This is the end of season three. We're on to a whole new year, babies. Get your world-saving gumboots on. Because here come Steve and Dustin to save the world. Welcome back to another episode of Steve and Dustin Save the World. We're saving your world one crazy-ass Facebook question at a time. This week, Dustin, before we get anything into anything else, promise listeners in the real episode on the real show. <laughs> this phony shit. Not this fake shit we do. More deets on, you know, the trip to California. Dustin... I got news for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dustin, when you, you did shrooms, you when, did shrooms. No, no shrooms. When you met Ulysses, did you do any drugs with Ulysses? <laughs> I mean, alcohol is a drug. Mm. You didn't do any other drugs? Ulysses took me to a dispensary and we got some marijuana. And Did you get some Pepsi Van Dyke? I got some marijuana Pepsi Van Dick. <laughs> Doctor marijuana <laughs> Pepsi Van Dick. Um, so Jen and I, being complete noobs with marijuana, because um, we don't really do marijuana here in Indiana because it's legal. Uh, just we talked to somebody at the front and uh, they recommended some stuff, and then I tried an edible based on what they said, and Dustin. Let me tell you. Yes, please tell me. I took the edible and... What kind of edible? Is a gummy. gummy. And I've okay. never done that before. I've okay. only ever smoked weed before. I've never done like, you know, edibles or any of the other crazy stuff you can do. Um, and I got... At first I didn't feel anything because it takes a while to like hit. And maybe mm-hmm. like an hour later it hit and it hit so fucking hard dustin i think i where were you when it hit that's so so um, so ulysses when he found out we were coming to his area reached out to jen and i and offered to let us stay at his place which is super super kind super nice of him um at first we said no because we're gonna have the kids with us and then the kids decided they wanted to stay with grandma instead so when I told Ulysses that he reinvited us to stay with him again, big mistake on his part, I would say, <laughs> but we took him up on it. Uh, so we stayed with him for two nights of the four or five nights that we were there. And the first night we just hung out, we drank some beers, had some fun. Um, second night we we're going to go to Joshua tree, but the second night was also the the day when I took an edible and doesn't, I had a crazy, crazy experience with that edible. And that I, was you shit yourself. 
No, no, I didn't do that. No, I, I didn't. <laughs> Surprisingly, after I took the edible, I didn't have to shit again the entire time we are in California. I think it solved all my <laughs> bowel problems. Or created new problems I don't know about. Yeah. It fixed you. That's why it's medical marijuana, yeah. Steve. So, uh, doesn't you know, sit back, relax, just uh, prepare for this. So, um, so prepared. I took the edible, and uh-huh. things just started to slow down for me, man. And I had, I, th- I think what you would call, like, if you're doing acid or something, I, I think you would call it, like, a bad trip. Um, Ooh, you had a bad experience with marijuana. But it was just marijuana. So it shouldn't have been, like, you don't trip with marijuana. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so the experience that I had and the thing that kept repeating through my mind was that the entire time I was on, like, high, I was uh, riding on the edge of a snap is what I kept thinking in my mind. Um, and every time I thought that in my mind, in parentheses and all lowercase letters, I would see the word thumb. Because, like, you know, when you snap your fingers, thumb and forefinger or middle fingers, I do. Um, and so I kept seeing, like, this thing in my head. And uh, it was crazy. The the moment – so it was, like, the moment I was in. It was, like, I was in every moment, stretched throughout all time, and then stretched back again. Um, and the people that I was around were good people. But for some reason, there were flies. And the flies kind of made me think of like death and it made me sad, but, and it also kind of made the people look scary and the people were Ulysses, his wife and my wife. Um, so the moment was everything, <laughs> Dustin, and the moment was nothing. And yes, I wrote all this down to relay back to you later. And, uh, as I was in the moment and the moment had me in its thrall and in its control, um, I realized that. I wasn't just experiencing the moment for myself. I was experiencing the multiverse. And in my mind, I didn't see Jen and Ulysses and Maria talking to me like normal human beings because, you know, they weren't high as fuck like I was. Um, What I saw was a million different video screens all portraying the moment that was going on. Like some Matrix shit. All, All portraying the moment that was going on, but in almost like... The, the ones that were closest to what I was seeing were had the fewest differences. Like maybe like Ulysses had like a mustache or something, you know. And then as I got further out, like things were more and more different. Like people were blue, people were green, people were red. Um, and as it permeated out even further, people weren't people anymore. They were different animals. They were aliens. They were other beings, you know. Uh, and so it was like I was seeing into an entire universe of possibilities stretched out all around me all doing the same thing at the same moment. And that same thing at the same moment was always somebody about to, about to snap. That's what it was every single time. And uh, as, I, as I zoomed further and further back from this, what I saw was that all the screens and all the different colors of people in the screens, all when you got further far enough back away from them, all created a much larger picture. And that much larger picture was always exactly what was happening in the smaller picture, which was somebody about to snap that is right um it was the craziest (laughs) most weird thing i think i've ever experienced um and i think i wrote that the 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 moment was everything but everything was nothing and nothing was the moment which was everything and it felt very important to me and all the while as i was riding on the edge of the snap i thought that if the snap happened there was a good chance dustin i would cease to exist i would cease to exist but but i could sleep Real sleep, forever sleep. My worries and anxieties would all disappear. But then I'd never see Jen and the kids again. So I couldn't let the snap happen. Couldn't let it happen. I had to fight the snap. So there's a lot of tension the whole time, and I had like a huge headache. And I felt like my heart was stuck in maybe its last heartbeat the entire time. And it felt like if the snap happened, the world would end. And the most important thing in the world was that was fighting, and that, you know, maintaining the status quo maintaining my life as it is right now um because if if other people were capable of seeing the everything that was nothing that was everything that i was seeing the the multiverse of infinite possibilities then they would cease to exist because they wouldn't be able to handle it and so like that's the kind of like trippy weird high thoughts i was having and uh i gotta tell you dustin (laughs) i took that edible at i think it was like two in the afternoon i was still high the next night 
when Jen and I went to meet with the couple that we were doing the engagement shoot for at five in the afternoon. And I did not feel sober until maybe five thirty or five forty five. I felt completely out of it until we were like on the beach with them doing photos. And then it was like all of a sudden my mind finally cleared up. I think Jen phrased it really well when I told her about this and she said it sounded like I was more hung over from being high than actually high at that point in time, which is probably like you needed to maybe work your way up to an edible of that caliber. Yes. 100%. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was incredibly crazy. It's like nothing I had ever experienced before. And, um, it was a huge mistake. I should not have done that. And not only did it ruin us going to Joshua tree, which I'm still very sorry for. I know Ulysses is one of the people who actually subscribes to the Patreon and will hear this. And I'm so sorry, Ulysses. Um, I'm mostly sorry to Jen cause she was the one who wanted to go to Joshua tree the most. And instead of, uh, just everybody, a bunch of pile of rocks, instead it's, of everybody okay. getting to go to Joshua tree, instead, everybody had to stay at Ulysses and Maria's house. Um, while I was just high out of my mind and trying to sleep. And I slept for about 20 hours. Jesus. I believe at one point in time, Jen asked me if I was feeling paranoid. And I think, I can't remember exactly what I said to her, but I think I said something like her, I'm not paranoid. I'm just questioning all of the infinite possibilities of life right now. (laughs) The only thing I could describe it as is like when you go to the dentist and if you, I had an instance where they forgot I was there, mm-hmm. like they forgot about me and I had the laughing gas oh, stuff yeah, on. yeah, that's good stuff. And if you close your eyes while breathing in the laughing gas, um, mm. like your mind just goes to a million places and it, it's the closest thing I can think of to what I would call like a really not bad trip, but like a really wild trip. Yeah. I've never been high like this at all from smoking. Smoking is just like you smoke a little and you're fine. This edible was like, I needed to go to sleep or something. And also I was seeing a multiverse no, of you just possibilities. Have you just have to eat. No. See every time after I took the edible, cause they were like, no, 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 come eat with us. And every time I tried to eat or, um, oh, the biggest mistake I think I made was, after doing the edible, I started to feel sleepy and I was like, I wanted to hang out and I wanted, cause I was just, you know, I'd only hung out with Ulysses in real life for like one day and I wanted to get to know him and his wife better. And so I was like, yeah, no, uh, I'm going to grab some coffee. I'm going to drink some coffee and maybe 10, mm, 15 minutes after the coffee to your brain. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Bad idea. Yeah. So then like That's later, probably your downfall. So like I slept for like three hours and then later woke up and we went to like downtown where Ulysses lives to like go to a bar, get some drinks and stuff. And I was like, I feel terrible. And they're like, and they're like, what do you, what do you want? And I was like, ah, I'm just going to grab a coffee again. <laughs> and then, like 15 minutes later, I felt super terrible again. And, uh, I, you know, I'd never been high like this before, so I didn't have any idea, but yeah, no, the coffee was a very bad choice. I drank a ton of water. The water seemed to help, but like eating food Mm -hmm. and drinking coffee just put me in the worst feeling like place ever. So do we want to do some questions though? For realsies though? For realsies, man. Yeah, for For realsies. realsies. Instead of just talking about edibles the whole time and our experiences with them being incapacitated. (laughs) Uh, Chelsea from a random Facebook group asked the following. I am primarily a newborn family photographer and shoot strictly natural light. I have taken on a wedding for a close family member. She is aware of how I shoot. I am only scheduled to shoot till the sun sets and she doesn't need me after per our contract. She just asked me if I could be able to capture them during their sparkler departure. They have plans since I'll be there anyway. Can I still achieve decent images at night without any form of on or off camera lighting sources other than the sparklers themselves and all the market string lights that they'll have for decorations? Any natural light photographers out there that can achieve this in any way please send help chelsea i gotta tell you first thing you want to do day you're going to shoot this wedding 
pop and edible right before you shoot it. The <laughs> lights are going to be so much different. You're going to have a much better experience. Maybe get the bride, the groom, all the guests to pop edibles too. Higher dose than that they would usually do, um, you know, and just send everybody on a trip down a crazy ass rabbit hole and just see what happens. You know how it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. You, you don't need to worry about whether or not there will be enough light because, um, you know, in that moment, just being there will be more, it'll, it'll mean more in the long run than whether or not they have the moment captured. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And if everybody needs to lay down and just take a nap instead of doing the sparkler exit, you know, maybe do that before you light the sparklers. Otherwise there will be some fire. Yeah, Chelsea, I would just uh, shoot the sparkler exit without any flash. Have you ever done a sparkler exit without any flash? Yeah, tradi- uh, typically how we shoot a sparkler exit is one of us shoots with flash, one of us shoots without flash. Uh, therefore, we have sort of both scenarios. Um, I kind of like I the can. look of like no flash during a sparkler exit. And I feel like the sparklers usually put off enough light that you don't need a flash and you don't need another light source. Correct. Correct. So the gamble you take with a sparkler exit is it's such a fast uh, moving event, if we can call it an event, uh, that you don't actually know like a how big are the sparklers b how long will they stay lit and c how close to the couple will the row of people get yeah um to light them yeah so these are all factors they're gonna catch a couple on fire too far away and you know there won't be any light yeah there's no light it looks like shit you're like who are these random people charging the couple with sparklers um so there's just like this really happy medium. So you really, as a photographer, have to take control. You have to take control of the sparkler send-off and, um, and really make it your own or else you're really kind of taking a gamble. So what we do is we actually stick a video light at the back of the sparkler send-off on the ground to give a little bit of backlighting as they come down. Mm-hmm. To kind of just blow out anything behind them because we don't care about any of those guests or anything behind them. We just want to focus on, you know, the future, what's coming towards us. And uh, that would be the couple. Yeah. And then uh, once they get really close to us, we yell, charge them! And we, you know, we try to get everyone <laughs> to really just like kind of mob them yeah. with those sparklers. Really capture yeah, you, the You want to get everybody as close as possible, especially if there's a lot of hairspray in the bride's hair. Or the groom's mm-hmm. hair, yeah. you know. Uh, I mean, everybody uses hairspray these days. Traditional Viking sparkler send off is where we we light the couple on fire and we and you we push them out them to sea. To... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you don't do it that, that way, they don't get to Valhalla. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about just getting my couples to Valhalla, Steve. Yeah. No, that, you gotta be. Is that you not gotta what be. you do? It's exactly what I do. <laughs> If, okay. if my couple isn't dead and burned to death by the end of the night, then I haven't done my job right. It's a lot less editing you have to worry about. Uh, Chelsea, I would say you're probably good to do your sparkler departure without another light source. But it won't look maybe as cool as it could if you had another light source. I like the look of like a backlit with a video light or a flash um, sort of exit thing going on just get like a 30 dollar video light from amazon yeah i feel like it just provides like a little bit of like like a dynamic look to it you know Mm -hmm. but whatever you know it's each their own yeah you be you chelsea you be you do what you're comfortable doing yeah you know i've been seeing a lot of people recently posting photos where like they just uh have a car with like the headlights behind the bride and groom and while i think that makes it look like the Brennan has to get run over by a car. Um, a lot of people seem to like those photos. So, you know, whatever you want to do, you know, just just throw mm-hmm. throw a car right behind the bride and groom with, uh, you know, headlights on. Or put the bride and groom in a car. Yeah. Or, or better yet, have the bride and groom do the sparkler exit 
and um, have a car right behind the people with all the sparklers. And as the bride and groom are going through, you just have the person put the car into drive and just let it start rolling <laughs> through all the people with the sparklers. And now you've created a very dynamic photo um, as people run for their lives and some get flattened, you know. As they all go to Valhalla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're sending them off just the way the Vikings want you to. You just got to make sure you're uh, near a water source. Mm-hmm. Terry mm-hmm. from a random Facebook group asks, "Wedding photographers, what are your thoughts on fo- what are your thoughts on photographing during prayers throughout the day, whether it be at the ceremony or reception or whenever? Do you, the photographer, during the prayer, take one shot just before, snap a couple during, snap a bunch during? I know what I do personally, but saw someone else do it entirely different at a wedding I attended as a guest over the weekend." So it got me curious. I think, Steve, I mean, honestly, this is a very easy question. I don't even know. Yeah, no. Terry, you uh, sound Terry, like a judgy is... asshole. You sound like you went to a wedding, yeah. you saw a photographer doing photos during the prayers different than you do, and you judged them and their relationship with their God. And now you're writing to us. Um <laughs> But yeah, I think this is a pretty easy one. So Terry, the, the best way to think about prayer is uh, think about it as like somebody's almost like fishing, right? Whoever's giving the <laughs> prayers like fishing, they're throwing a line up to the pearly gates, right? Putting a little plug into the ethernet port up there with that fishing rod, getting a straight signal to the big man upstairs. If you don't take a picture during that time, how are you supposed to bless those photos when you got all that signal coming in and out from the big pearly gateville? From Big Dog. I mean, Big Dog himself. That I mean, how else is the big G supposed to come down and just bless on all those photos? I mean, it's pretty yeah, pretty no. simple to me. You got to just snap a couple. Terry, you got to surf that wave of prayer straight up to heaven and back with your camera so that all your photos get blessed. If you don't do that, then uh, those photos won't be holy. And um, why would a bride and groom want photos that aren't holy or, you know, brides or grooms or whatever? You know, who the hell cares? Like people got to get their their shit done. And if they can't look at their wedding photos and be reminded of the grace and beauty of their God – then uh, I think you've done your job poorly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you've heard of 4G on your cell phone, right? What do you think the G stands for? For gods. For gods. That's correct. Right. Yeah. So as soon as 4G shows up on your phone during the prayer, you should be snapping away. And if you can get to 5G, that's five gods, and that's even better. <laughs> you know, we want to get right. as many gods in as we can get in. You got, um, what, what are the different gods that show up? Zeus, Athena, Olympia. Might have made that last one up. Um, Hercules. <laughs> and one more. <laughs> have you ever done a wedding though, where like they believe you in, couldn't like, Zeus get the last one? <laughs> Aphrodite. There we go. That's a God. I I think that would be, if anyone out there is listening and has done a wedding where like they pray to Zeus, I want to know about that. Like, I think that would be really fascinating. Like you show up to a wedding and like they're exchanging lightning bolts or something. That has to be a thing. I'm cutting all that out. I've told you many times that you can't just come on, especially on the Patreon one, which has even less listeners, and be like, if anybody's done this thing, I'd love to know about it. I do want to know about it. Oh, gosh. Um, Terry, so I have grown up in a very religious um, family, college group, friend group, uh, and I would say... It, when when Jen and I first started shooting weddings, it felt super weird to do photos during the prayers because that's your special time with God. <laughs> your special time with God and everybody else who's also spending their special time with God at the same time. 
Um, so it felt very weird to me at first, but the longer I've been shooting, um, a lot of, a lot of couples Jen and I have will actually request that we do photographs of them praying with their bridesmaids their groomsmen, whatever it is before the wedding, they'll request photos of like people praying during the prayers during the wedding and stuff. So I would say you'd be kind of remiss if you didn't get photos of that. But do you want to be like snap, 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 snap during that time? Yes. No, no, you don't. 100%. Um, so p- pick the pick the shots you want to get, shoot them, and then, you know, put your camera away and let people enjoy their time communing with God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or let your photos be your way of communing with God. Yeah. Yeah, you can do that too. Uh, you know, everybody worships in their own way and maybe you got to worship in your way and that way is taking photos. Click, 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 click. All right. I think that's going to do it for us this week on Stephen doesn't save the world. We have saved everyone's worlds from prayer, (laughs) (laughs) from prayer, from edibles. Yeah. And, uh, whatever the hell else that other question Chelsea asked us was. (laughs) thank you guys so much for joining us and uh, we'll see you next week later Dustin later babes oh yeah so here's an epic song I'll sing it all night long while Steve and Dustin save the world Oh, I hope you guys loved that first segment there. We're going to flip over because the following week I actually had Ulysses Del Toro on like the main show podcast. And then Ulysses and I did like a a little talk over of um, what he thought was going on or what he thought I was experiencing, um, you know, in in the story that I told last week about when I was at his house. So uh, I'm going to cut over to that now and uh, let you guys listen to that. Get your world-saving gumboots on Cause here come Steve and Dustin to save the world Welcome back to another episode of Steve and, I guess, Ulysses now, Save the World. Yeah, Dustin couldn't make it. Dustin is no longer in the world-saving business. Uh, you know, it's just Steve and Ulysses now, saving the world. Uh, one Facebook random question at a time. Ulysses, I'm so glad to have you here with me this week, buddy. How you doing? Hey, I'm, I'm just hanging in there, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're on the best podcast with maybe five listeners in the world right now. <laughs> I know, but I got my slosh bucket full of beer, and I'm just barely hanging on, you know? So this is the follow-up to Ulysses' episode. Ulysses, um, you texted me something super interesting today. I did. So last week on the podcast, I shared my experience, you know, doing edibles when I was in California with Ulysses, and uh, Ulysses... I guess didn't know what my experience was until he listened to the episode. So I just, I want your reactions now, Ulysses. You know, everybody wants to know what you think about that. No, man, when, when you were here, you did kind of describe it, but you did not go into detail like you did on the podcast episode. I don't understand. Do you, I told you I was riding on the edge of a snap. Did you not piece things together? No, you didn't say the snap. You did say you were, you, you did say something along the lines of how you were questioning the endless possibilities or something that like was that. very early on when jen asked me if i was feeling paranoid and i said i just looked at her and i was like i'm not paranoid at all i'm just yeah. questioning the endless possibilities of everything that happens <laughs> but the rest of the time you might have said stuff to jen when when you went to to bed but you didn't you didn't say much out there at all you Dude, were just you were in just my head space in my head when i went to bed i was just like I don't know. I've never met Ulysses before in real life. I've only met him on podcast. What if he's a murderer? <laughs> what if he's a serial killing me right now? Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, that'd be okay. Is that, is that why you locked the door, Stephen? I locked the door at some point? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding.
Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty wild. Uh, but I guess I guess you couldn't have done it, had that experience in a better place, man. Because Maria and I, like, you know, we know what oh, that's like. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I was doing a jack off <laughs> motion while you talked yourself up. Oh, I hope you did not do that while you were here. <laughs> For those of you on the Patreon who didn't know, I stayed with Ulysses. It was mm-hmm. a fantastic experience. Maria and him are some of the nicest people I've ever met in my entire life. And uh, when I got super high, as you guys all found out about last week on the Patreon, um, it was all cool. Ulysses and Maria took care of me, and that was cool. I was like their baby, um, you know, their sweet little baby boy. And I think that's when Ulysses was like, I think we're ready to have another kid. Right? No, it was actually really great having you guys. Um, it was fun hanging out with you for just that small amount of time. And then Before I got really high. Getting, and then really getting to know your <laughs> wife the rest of the time because you were in another uh, universe. Yeah. Uh, trying, to fig- trying to figure out your existence. I'm all figured out now. I'm a cool. I'm cool. I'm <laughs> back. I'm back. I'm back, baby. So, so on this yeah. podcast, we typically don't just talk about getting high. <laughs> so, if you listen but to the, the last, last, the two, last two episodes, two episodes. <laughs> uh, Ulysses, thank you so much for coming on the podcast tonight, saving my ass when you know Dustin doesn't come be here. You know, bye. See ya. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. Appreciate it. I'm glad that you could help me save the world tonight. <laughs> I'm glad I could save the world, too. Oh, yeah. So here's an epic song. I sing it all night long. While Steve and Dustin saved the world. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, so this is the, uh, the, the the final Steve and Dustin Save the World segment that we're going to be playing in this episode. And uh, remember at the top of the show where I said there might be some like gross sexual stuff in this that um, we usually don't talk like in the real show? This This is the one. This is the one where that happens. So I'm sorry in advance, but here it is. Get your world-saving gumboots on. Here come Steve and Dustin to save the world. Welcome back to another episode of Steve and Dustin Save the World, saving your world one Facebook question at a time. Dustin, my man, McKibben, what you got for me? You got any good Facebookers? Oh, I've got all the best Facebookers, Steven. Simon from a random Facebook group asked, So, Mother of the Bride said in her speech, Keep his balls empty and his belly full. Do I leave that in the film? Oh my gosh. At least it wasn't keep his balls empty and your belly full. (laughs) Oh god. It could have been worse. With some creative editing, though, you could probably change it to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you definitely could. <laughs> I mean, his and your, they're both one syllable, so. Ooh, it would make for some great reaction shots if you had multi-cams going. That's going to make for some great reaction shots, even with keep his balls empty and his belly full. You know, uh, you don't even need to get to the and your belly full idea to get great reaction shots for that one. Like everybody's going to be looking around like, holy sh. As long as she didn't follow that up with, cause he kept my belly full. Mm. He took out his big lens. <laughs> no. He just sprayed his camera lens spray all over me. <laughs> Gosh, that's, oh, that's the worst. Uh, Simon, I'm assuming you're a videographer because you said, mm-hmm. do I leave that in the film? And not shoots film. how do I awkwardly blend into the background and disappear from this wedding, which is what I would have tried to do. Maybe, maybe uh, the groom brews beer in balls shaped casks. And so she was implying that he needs to drink the beer, thus keeping the 
balls empty. You know, why do we why do we have these crass things like keep his balls empty? Why don't we ever get something like drain those ovaries? You know, like can you drain ovaries? Is that a thing? Really, really, really get in there on that labia. You want full mouth contact. Do keep that clitoris throbbing. Massage that G spot. Massage that G spot. If you can't keep going, please, get a full please. tongue on the clitoris with a finger on the G spot. And a shocker in the b-hole. <laughs> you probably don't deserve to marry my daughter. Listen, is any listeners out there feeling uncomfortable? Like two, two in the pink and one in the stink. Or maybe, maybe you should reconsider this marriage. You know, we we don't get that sort of conversation, and that 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 might be the conversation we need. Um, as mm, people oh, who sure. want to vomit at every single wedding we shoot. Mm, yes. Ah, gosh. Ugh, keep his balls empty makes me want to throw up. So, Simon, to answer your question, I would definitely leave that in the film. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I would start the film with it. Oh. You know? That's a good or end start. With it. That, that's a good start and a good end. You know, you start with it, and it's like, Some keep his call it a happy ending. balls empty and his belly full from the mom. How do you think the mother of the bride said it? Because in my mind, she's like, keep his balls empty and his belly full. I imagine she has like an Irish accent. Okay, she's sitting that there, she's me. got a pint glass in her hand. <clears throat> she's got almost like a Shrek-like accent. Uh, it's like, and... And Mary keep his balls empty and his belly full. That was a ter- that was like no accent. That was just like if I was drunk. I like to think of it more like a what is it like Friday Night Lights? Well, Remember the Titans? It's like a empty balls, belly full, can't lose. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> empty balls, <laughs> belly full, can't lose. <laughs> yeah, empty balls, full belly, can't lose. Go Panthers! Blue forty-two, empty balls, full belly, can't lose. Blue balls, forty-two, blue balls, forty-two. Who's feeling it today? Who's feeling it? I felt it. I felt it. Uh, God gave you two hands, Dustin. You don't ever need blue balls. That's why I have my center. No, wait. No, I don't know. Oh, gosh. We are going to hell for this question. Mm, Simon, take that out of the film. That's disgusting. Nope. Leave it in. Leave it (laughs) in. Leave it in. Leave it in. So hard. Mickle. Let's make one ask. Mick from a random Facebook group says, Advice, please. When exporting JPEGs from Lightroom for delivery to clients, do you always export as max size? An example, 100% quality. I do, and at 300 DPI for printing purposes. But is this necessary as it does result in large file sizes? Just wondering what others do. Thanks. Steven, what do you do? Hey, Mick, this is me, Steve. Just being real here. Um, yeah, I give full quality sizes to my to my rides and grooms. Like all all jokes aside, let's walk jokes out of the room for this one. No, let's just no. talk you and me. You and me, Dustin. <laughs> you and me and Mick makes three. So in this threesome, I just want to go ahead and say to you, Mick, full quality, full qu- high high quality, full quality. Your your clients deserve the largest. Um, they they need a, a big old photo, a big old photo, something they can really get their face in. Mick, my counter to that argument would be: this is the perfect opportunity to upsell. Uh, Mick, you call that client right before you export from Lightroom. You say, "Hey, Jackie, your wedding photos, by the way, amazing. Finishing them up as we speak." getting ready to export them. And I wanted to give you guys a few options. I normally export them at 75% of the quality that I could, but for an extra couple hundred bucks, I could do 85 for an extra $500. 
I could even I could bump that to ninety percent quality. Like, or if you're really wanting eight K resolution, future proof quality, Jackie, an extra grand, you're getting a hundred percent quality. Like Jackie, I just got to be straight up honest with you here. I got the regular package, the oh damn package, and then the I'm a motorboat these photos package. You want to mm-hmm. get a full face in there and <laughs> Jackie, yeah. I think you know you do. You want to motorboat these photos, Jackie. When those iPhone 22s come out and they're like super retina platinum screens, you're going to want that 100% quality, Jackie. I'm just letting you know now. Your eyes won't be able to see that quality, but you're going to want it anyway. Mm -hmm. Those screens will be way too small for you to pick up on that quality. Because you're going to need that iPhone 22 to handle the size of these pictures. Because you're going to need a two terabyte phone by that point to handle I'm having not all future proofing your photos. I'm actually future locking your photos. It's going to be <laughs> ten years until you can unlock these photos and see them on your iPhone 22. <laughs> exactly. So, what do you think, Jackie? Is it worth it to you to make these future locked? <laughs> think of it as a capstone. Or a time time capsule. Time capsule. (laughs) A capstone. Think of this as the cornerstone of your relationship. Ten years from now, you know you have these photos to depend upon. Whether you went through a divorce, whether you split up, uh, whether you murdered him um, or her. uh, There won't be evidence to whether or not the wedding went well. Whether you murdered them. No evidence. But that's, Mick, that is what I would do if given the option. <laughs> Chris from Random Facebook Group asks, for the people, the people, mm. Dustin, that offer Who USB drives, right now, what will you do next year when MediaZilla totally stops supporting them? Boom. I'm in that boat right now. Next year, I'll have to change my deliverables. Boom. What does that mean? I don't know a whole lot about MediaZilla. I looked at them for like a hot second. From what I understand, MediaZilla is sort of kind of like a higher-end, more advanced Vimeo-like platform. Okay, like let, let's, let's redo that videographers. Then. For the people that offer USB drives right now, what will you do next year when USB is dead? Well, I think... I'm in that boat right now. I'm in that boat. I don't think you can get rid of that in the question, though, Steve, because from what I remember, MediaZilla had sort of an a la carte add-on option where somebody that used MediaZilla, much like Pass, they could opt to order a DVD or a USB drive, and MediaZilla would actually perform the task of sending them one. So are, are you saying Chris doesn't know how to drag and drop files from his desktop to to a USB drive. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that is what I'm saying. Chris, I think Chris, Chris should be fucked. asking other questions. Chris, you, you're <laughs> fucked. I'm so sorry, Chris. Chris, how did you get the files onto your computer in the first place to edit with? <laughs> Plug my camera into my computer, Steve. That's what I did. I imported them straight from my camera to Final Cut Pro. Um, I have an iMac. It has literally two USB ports on it. There is that that are USB C. I don't I don't know where I can find USB C USB. Chris, where did you find this magical USB C MacBook that has two USB C ports? As far as I know, Apple only sells one USB C port or four USB C ports on their MacBooks. It's a it's a limited edition one, Steve. Oh, did you get that YouTube red one or YouTube red mm-hmm. one? I mean, it's all red, <laughs> all the time. Oh man, uh, Chris, you're gonna ha- you're gonna have to learn how to use a computer. It's really sad. I'm, mm. So so what I'm positing from this is Chris Chris shoots the wedding, and then he ships probably on film, ships that film out, has somebody else edited it, digitize it, and then edit it, and then upload it to MediaZilla for his clients, (laughs) and then 
sends that MediaZilla file via USB to the I would, person. I, I would love to meet somebody who shoots wedding films, like wedding videos on film. I know there are people out there that do this. And I think that the... Like, that has to be crazy. I'd love to meet a photographer who shoots on film. Yeah, there's still a few oddballs out there that do that. Okay, now, if everybody could just pause at the front. I've got one shot at this. Gotta make it count. No blinking! Someday there's gonna be, like, a new form of photography. Let's call it holography, where you can somehow take holograms of the room. And people are gonna be like, I can't believe... People are still taking like digital photos, like still images, when you can take like these live photos. I can't believe people are still doing photos when you can do video. That's what you just <laughs> said to me. That's that is one hundred percent what you just said. No, this would be like a hologram image where you put on your Oculus Rift and you could like literally walk around your reception. I don't hall know and- why all these fucking muggles are out there with their <laughs> muggle cameras when we got these cameras right here. You see this dude? You see this dude behind me? He's moving. He's moving through the newspaper. He can jump out of mm-hmm. this photo, jump into another photo. He can turn his back. He can walk out of frame. Isn't this the sort of photo you want in your pictures? Yeah. You're sitting there with your still photos. Ugh. Yuck. Ugh. Exactly. Welcome exactly. to the, the the wizarding world with me, Harry That's our future. Mac Potter. Harry no relation. <laughs> no relation. Oh. Have you guys ever thought about changing your brand to just Van Elk? Mm, yes, many, many, many times. It just has such a regal. Mm-hmm. When Jen first wanted to start the business, she wanted to call it Van Elk photography i mean there's so many cool like you could do an elk you could do a shield you can make it super where does the shield come in from because i what i'm seeing is like the 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 door of a van (laughs) with an elk on it that's what i'm seeing i want i want to that would be memorable (laughs) to get a photo of like a a a man in a post-apocalyptic world holding like a minivan door like a shield with like a elk painted on the front of it that is what i want now that's the only thing i want someone designed that graphic for me i'm picturing like a 1980s chrysler minivan yeah. with wood grain siding. Oh, absolutely. With an elk, with an elk on the You know, hood. Ulysses Del Toro, you just went to Adobe Max. Can you please, you told me you learned how to do a lot of graphic stuff. Can you, can you design this? Can someone design this? I don't, I only know to Photoshop. I don't know. I don't know in design. So I'm going to mm. get this as a tattoo on my arm. <laughs> <laughs> Van Elk. Jen is going to hate this so much. I joked around to Jen, so I do want to get an elk tattoo on my arm. And I joked around that I was going to get an elk tattoo on one arm and a van tattoo on the other arm. <laughs> she got like real pissed. Odyssey. Yes. She got real pissed about that. And I thought it was funny. No, not like a Honda Odyssey. I think more like a like a Scooby Doo mystery machine type fan. Mm, Something that like screams a rape, van. like a rape mobile. Yes. Wow, why would you say that? But yes, that you're thinking you're imagining the correct van shape. An undescript, you know, tinted window. A, a murder vehicle. Mystery yeah. mobile. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that's going to do it for us. We have saved Simon's world from that mother of the bride speech. <laughs> Empty balls, full belly, can't lose. We should save Mixed World from Lightroom photos. Uh, I mean, photos, J- JPEGs at Making 100% more quality. Money based on quality control. And we saved Chris World from USB drives and holograms. Chris asked about holograms, right? No. He's like, if I'm Star Trekking my way into the future. <laughs> yes. So I think that's going to do it for us tonight here. That'll Dustin, good night, my friend. Good night, Steven. Oh, yeah. So here's an epic song I'll sing it all night long While Steve and Dustin save the world <laughs> <laughs> oh.
Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast, or I guess like three kind of episodes of Steve and Dustin Save the World kind of slapdash together. If you guys love the show, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you loved what you heard here tonight, jump on over onto the, the Patreon and uh, sign up. You can get there by going to stephendustinsavetheworld.com or by going to patreon.com slash WPH. Whichever one floats your boat more. Um, and basically, it's just content like that every week where we answer more questions and we share stories that maybe we don't feel comfortable sharing all the time on the normal feed that, you know, my mom might listen to. Sorry, mom, if you heard any of that. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> what did I do? Why did I put this out? I don't know. If you want to connect, we're at Wedding Photo Hangover on Instagram. Dustin, my man, who's not even here. Why am I saying my man? That's just something I do to make him feel good. He is at Dustin underscore McKibben, and I'm at Stephen Van Elk. And if you wanted to uh, follow Ulysses Del Toro, you can find him on Instagram at Del Toro Photo or at Bound by Beauty. Bound by Beauty is his personal account. Del Toro Photo is his business account. And if you want to follow his podcast, that's Wedding Photo Podcast on Instagram. We have an awesome group that you should join on Facebook. And if you've been listening to this whole episode and you're not already a part of the Facebook group, I don't know what's going on with your life, but I don't think you're living it the right way. And you should change that. Just jump on Facebook and search for a wedding hangover, or you can find the link down in the show notes below. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we'll see you next time your head is pounding, your limbs feel like dead weight, and your entire being aches for the sweet embrace of death. That's right, next week after you shoot another wedding. Or in these weird-ass COVID times we're in now, next week after you deal with canceling another wedding and rescheduling it for next year on a date where you could have booked a new client and made more money. Hey, that's the depressing end of this episode. <laughs> Aren't you glad you stuck through it to the bitter end with me? Steve Van Elk, the man who always brings you down. Oh, I need to work in my bedside manner. Sorry, guys. Anyway, thanks so much and have a great night. Boop, boop. Wedding Photo Hangover was edited this week by Steve Van Elk of Bespoke Tone. Go to Bespoke Tone for all of your photo, video, and audio editing needs. Woo-wee.